Hello everyone, and welcome to the Art of Ministry podcast. Welcome everyone, it's awesome to have you here. My name is John, and as I said, this is the Art of Ministry, a podcast that's about the gospel, about ministry, and about using the arts to share the message of Jesus with the world. Now this show is for absolutely everyone. Art is for everyone to enjoy, and the gospel is open to every single person. So this show is very much an invitation open show. I can't wait to hear your feedback and comments. This podcast community is for everybody. Before I start, I thought it might be a good thing for us to have a look at what do these two words mean that I just mentioned before, the gospel and art. Let's take a look at an article written by the Gospel Coalition entitled, What is the Gospel? The gospel is good news, the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. The Bible depicts human beings, all human beings everywhere, as in revolt against God and therefore under his judgment. But although God stands over against us in judgment because of our sin, quite amazingly, he stands over against us in love because he is that kind of God. And the gospel is the good news of what God, in love, has done in Jesus Christ, especially in Jesus' cross and resurrection to deal with our sin and to reconcile us to himself. Christ bore our sin on the cross, He bore the penalty, turned aside God's judgment, God's wrath from us and cancelled sin. The brokenness of our lives he restores, the shattered relationships he rebuilds in the context of the church. The new life that we human beings find in Christ is granted out of the sheer grace of God. It is received by faith as we repent of our sins and turn to Jesus. We confess him as Lord and bow to him joyfully. The gospel is good news, the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. And now art. How do we define what art actually is? There must be so many definitions, and actually, if you have a look around, there really are. One of the most simple is the Cambridge Dictionary website, which says, art is the making of objects, images, music, etc., that are beautiful or that express feelings. Now that's very, very broad, but thankfully that's the kind of broad brushstroke we're actually going to have on this podcast because the arts encompass so many different fields of drawing and visuals, theatre, computer art, everything. So we're going to have a lot of exciting times looking at the intersection between the gospel and the arts. How do we share the gospel using the arts in whatever method is before us? Well, 
Well, now it's time for our first guest, and I'm really excited. Our first guest is Kerry Gray, who creates wooden puzzles to tell the gospel and to share about the Bible. So how does she do this? Well, it's an amazing, amazing example of using art to share the gospel, but in a very different kind of medium that you might expect. I sat down with Kerry and asked her a series of questions about how she prepares the puzzles, what she tries to do with them, and some of the stories that have come out of this art. Well, welcome and thank you so much, Kerry, for coming along and for talking to us about Peace Child Puzzles. And uh, this is something I really wanted to talk to you about because I just love these puzzles and how clever they are and how wonderful the pictures are and what joy they bring to children. So I wanted to sort of talk to you about what was what inspired you to begin Peace Child Puzzles. Okay, so to start with, when we say Peace Child Puzzles, they are handmade wooden jigsaw puzzles. So I use a fret saw mm-hmm. um, to make them by hand. And I had been making puzzles for a very, very long time, um, probably about 30 years, but there'd been a long break in between while I was teaching. And then I started, we went on a, a caravan trip and I thought I would make a puzzle for each new great grand niece and nephew because mm. they were coming along. There'd been quite a few while we'd been overseas, been born while we were overseas. So I started making these puzzles and it was drawing close to Christmas so I thought I'd make a three king a three wise men puzzle as well and we were traveling in the caravan so I was cutting them and Mm -hmm. I was painting them and we were in a a caravan park and as I was cutting I met a little girl probably about a seven eight year old Mm. and she was asking me about the puzzles and so I told her I, the, the whole story of the nativity using the kings, mm. or the wise men, um, and explained the story of the three wise men and their coming to, for Jesus' birth, so on and so forth. And I thought at that time, because I'd made a lot of puzzles in the past, but none of them had been really biblical puzzles. Mm. And so I suddenly thought, this is an a fabulous opportunity for uh, telling the gospel through the puzzle. Mm. That little girl came back the next day because I hadn't painted it and she was just so excited to paint it. And So I thought this is, this is a real, this captures the interest of the children um, and the parents are quite happy to have their children sitting doing puzzles while listening to the story. So... That was the first time I thought of the whole idea and then what I thought, what will I call my puzzles? Mm. And I thought, well, here we have um, the peace child picks up on that book in uh, that was written about New Guinea where oh. there had been um, the tribe that were, were had retribution. If one person killed was killed from one tribe, then the other tribe had the, were allowed to kill um, a person from that tribe. And so... There was no way of stopping the killing. Be one killed, then retribution, retribution, retribution. So when the missionaries went in, they talked about how Jesus was 
the peace child. Oh. So I thought, here I have, I have children who are working, the, the household is at peace while the children are working on the pieces of the puzzles. So it's kind of a play on the word. So it became peace child puzzles and that's how it was began i had no idea that was the where the definition came from where the title i i, I thought it was um there was it, it just it sounded like a beautiful title but i was i was trying to make the linkage of maybe it was about sort of the baby jesus or whether it was from a different thing but i had no idea that was the origin so that's amazing so yeah <laughs> and uh, the puzzles i know that the the prophets go towards uh a particular cause as well. Can you tell us about that? Okay, so we did work overseas uh, in Cairo with refugee children there, and we also worked with uh, WIC when we went to Thailand mm. and Vietnam to work with um, oh, actually people from many, many countries. Mm. And so as a result of that, we in Cairo we met Kazito and Sylvia. Well, Kazito, who's a Ugandan, he was the deputy of the school. He returned to Uganda, and he has um, he teaches the uh, uh, the poorer children of his local village. Mm. Um, Sunday school and reading mm. and English. And he may go beyond that later, but that's what's happening at the moment. Um, so, and in Thailand, we have Nung and her husband, Jock. And Nung teaches English to children from the school um, close by. And she works to, with the children and their families to try and bring them into the church so she has, in fact, brought in four families from her work into the church. So the money is used to buy educational resources mm. for Kazito and Sylvia in Uganda and for Nung in Thailand. And also it's been used to send boxes of um, resources to them. Wow, amazing, and, amazing. Yeah, it might, might be used for other things, like also can be used for buying for Kazido. He needs needs blackboards and yep. tables and chairs and all those sorts of things. So that's where it goes. That's amazing. And uh, I was going to have a look at, uh, you, you mentioned it was 30 years you'd been doing the... Uh, mm, I so have to work that out, so... I had no idea. So I'm a grandmother, <laughs> and I start. I was first taught how to make, how to use the fret saw yeah. by a friend who had been um, just come out of university, and she was placed in a school and had to do craft, teach craft to primary school children. Yeah, so yeah. as a P, for as a PD, she was shown how to make um, this ring toy um, game, and she taught me. She never made a puzzle. She never taught anybody, <laughs> and she actually had to buy a puzzle or has bought puzzles from me because she's mm. never made them. Mm. So that's where I just started uh, with the fret saw, and and then um, my daughter Jerusha mm -hmm. um, was an absolute puzzle freak when she was about <laughs> one year old to five or six year old, and oh. then her sister Katrina was also equally as. Um, taken by puzzles mm. and to keep up with their appetite we didn't have enough money to buy puzzles so I would just whenever I saw a really great puzzle pattern I'd quickly um, 
steal it, the puzzle pattern, (laughs) and I would make that puzzle up. So that's where we began, Mm. was just making them for my daughters. Mm. Um, Yeah. Isn't that amazing that that's a skill that you developed? I mean, I, I pretty much nearly failed woodworking when I did it. So I've always admired people who, who do it, and it's incredible. I wish It's something I wish I could do, but uh, it's amazing that that's something that God, you know, helped you develop early on, and how amazing that's become a blessing later. I just find that extraordinary. I started out with six brothers, mm. and I was so annoyed at school when I had to do sewing, oh. and they got to do things like... Um, making baskets and marbling and and then in high school I had to do um, home science and they were doing woodwork and metalwork and I was mm, so annoyed so I think (laughs) I was pretty good with a hammer and nail when I was growing up and yeah I hate to be too self-deprecating but I I actually did fail sewing so (laughs) (laughs) I am good at something so so don't don't worry I failed sewing (laughs) (laughs) so you talked to us about one of the puzzles that you've made, but what were some of the early ones and even some of the later ones that you've done uh, that you thought, oh, that's that's really special or this might appeal to, to children or to, to people who, you know, and, and has a biblical uh, edge to it. Are, are there any that stand out to you of other puzzles that you've done? Right. So the f- first puzzles that I made were the ones that I taken the designs from other puzzles Mm. then we decided that we might try to sell them Mm. so at that point because of copyright we just thought right my husband started to design them Mm. so some of the very first ones that he made are still quite my favorites he has a rooster that's very abstract that i i really like and a dragon and (laughs) yeah many many of those first ones yeah um and then i did have oh Okay, so then what happened was I would go around to the the preschools and the kindergartens mm. and offer to make them any puzzles along a theme that they wanted. Mm. And at that stage, I made a very cute little three ducks, my mother duck with ducklings. That was pretty cute. Mm. But um, the other part of it was to any puzzles that they were going to throw out because they were missing pieces so for a while I was just making the the pieces that were lost and one of the most beautiful puzzles that I came across at that time was a Noah's Ark puzzle Mm, mm. and it was very beautiful because it was um, it was worth $80 in the 1990s so you can imagine how much that would be worth nowadays and it was very thick wood that had been yeah, used wood, wood oils to, to colour it. It was just mm. gorgeous. Um, so I still make that puzzle, but only to give away as gifts because it's yes. not my design. Um, but, yeah, so much lo- later on we started making the biblical puzzles and then I was really, I, I prayed for about mm. two or three years for someone to help uh, with... Um, designing biblical puzzles because I didn't feel as if my husband was as good at those, at doing the figures, and I'm certainly not much of an artist myself. And then suddenly in one year, firstly I was offered by a a lady from the Malaysia. I saw her um, Adam and Eve, the fall, painting. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, this is a... 
this is just a puzzle that this is a, a painting that should be a puzzle yes and so I wrote to her um, just emailed her and she wrote back and she said she was more than happy for me to use it in that same year I had done in the past uh, a prodigal son but I was unhappy with the facial features and so um, a Singaporean man helped me fix that one and then in that same year again a man called Paul Judson who mm -hmm. is a uh, he was a commercial artist. He's in the UK. Mm. I had seen his puzzle, sorry, his picked uh, painting mm, mm. of Pentecost in about 2015. Yeah. And I had <laughs> it, I looked at it and I thought, that is a puzzle waiting to be made. Yes. <laughs> so I copied it and drew it up. And then we went back to Cairo, so I didn't have time to cut it or anything. Mm. So it just sat there as a, a pattern waiting to go. Mm. And I came back another year and I thought, well, I'd like, to, I'd like to be able to sell this. So I'll see if I can find the guy who, or the woman who did this and um, ask for permission. But when I went onto the, the Google Images to try and check Google Images, I couldn't find it again. I mm. had no idea it was. So it just kept on sitting there for years then when we came back from going overseas and backwards and forwards and decided to settle back into Australia I found the piece of wood drawn up ready and I thought right I can't make this to sell because it's would be breaking copyright mm. I'm going to make it for myself so I can use it when I go down to the park to talk to children about the puzzles mm. so I um I just happened to find the original picture of it mm. and I checked it again against Google Images and found the original um, article about this guy and, and did a bit of searching and found his email address. So I wrote to him and he said, yes, you can use it. Yeah, That's amazing. wonderful, he yeah. said. And perhaps you'd like these as well. Yeah. And from that one, that set of puzzles, that the pictures that he gave me, I've made up quite a few of them. They're very beautiful. But the one that particularly love was the armour of God. Yes. And as soon as I saw it, I knew that it would be really, really um, suitable for a puzzle. But um, I knew it would be best as a floor puzzle. Now, having just become a new member of the woodworking club, mm. I thought, I can't cut this with my fret saw because it doesn't have a big enough loop, but I could use the scroll saw. Mm. And so I cut an easy one, an easy version with it, and was very, very, very happy with that. Yes. And then somebody asked me to make a much more complicated one, so my um, scroll sawing skills just... <laughs> grew enormously yeah. in making that puzzle. It was a very, very difficult for me just as a new scroll sawer. Yes. But I'm a much better scroll sawer at the end of making it. It, it sounds like you're building this amazing um, network of, 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 of new friends as well. It's a, that must be a huge blessing, actually, for you to have. Enormous blessing. Yeah. And then also in this year or last year, I also have had... Um, Four different people come and help me paint, and they are painters. Oh. I'm not a real painter. No, but, me neither. <laughs> but these people who came, well, one, yeah, they've, they all 
often do landscapes and that sort of thing. They're mm. sort of home painters and, and they enjoy painting. But um, my next door neighbour who just moved in months ago, mm. she is a she's a very good artist. Mm. And so when I worked with her on the last puzzle I made, I learned all sorts of little bits and pieces. So I'm looking forward to continuing to paint with her um, and just to learn heaps. It sounds like you're learning so much too, with like new skills and developing all sorts of new gifts, which is incredible. So, uh, one of the things I want to ask is, uh, I, I knew that you you sold some of these puzzles at, at you know fairs and places like that, or particular settings. But where do you usually go when it comes to to selling the puzzles? Okay, so. Um People often ask me if I do markets in general. I do not. I've only ever tried one mm. market because yes. it just, the puzzles take me a very long time to make and you yeah. never, ever sell them for, like you, you would feel as if you were make, working for f minus five cents an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to have to pay the market's um, price where it cost you $40 up to $80 for a stall. Yeah, of course. I just could yeah. not. Well, I'd be hard put to make any profit at all. Yeah. And I just didn't want to waste all my time making puzzles just to see it go on that sort of yeah, cost. Yeah, of course. So, wave back from that very caravanning experience, <laughs> yeah. what I used to do there was just go to a public um, picnic table mm. and spread out the puzzles that I had and often, and, and within that, have spread out the ones that were for sale but also have ones that children could make and usually the ones that children could make will be biblical ones yeah. so that they can so that I can tell the stories at the same time yeah. as um, at, at, um, while I'm making a puzzle while I'm cutting out puzzles or just trying to sell them so generally when I came back to Australia and was actually settled so I could make them in my garage workshop Mm. Um, I found it was better just to continue to go down to a, a um, public picnic table and we have quite a few around where we um, live and lots and lots of tourists and so on coming in and just to do exactly the same thing, lay out the puzzles that I sell and, and cut <laughs> yeah. and chat to people. So that's, I mean, there's other there's other places where I sell. So um, I have a singing group for little one year olds to five year olds, and and so I often sell to the mums there because mm. that that that's they usually buy name puzzles more than anything else, but other puzzles as well. And this past Christmas, I was really blessed that um, I was able to sell at. Um, a Baptist church on the Sunshine Coast runs a special Christmas. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, happening. Yeah. Yes. And they have people who are making things to, um, in aid of, you know, overseas missions or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. are the only people allowed to sell there. So it's a free stall and it run, ran for a week and I was able to show and sell puzzles there. And that was fabulous. Yeah. And have you found that uh, there's been a pretty established interest? Like it's just sort of taken off uh, in terms of when people have seen you make them or when they see you at, say, the Baptist uh, event? Is, 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 the in, is the interest pretty strong straight away or, or have you found that it's grown over time? Um, I have 
It's they're not the only places that I would sell. I would also mm. sell through. I have a Facebook page called Peace Child Puzzles. Yes. So you can look that up and see it. Oh, I have it. Fantastic. And so some people will buy through that. Yeah. Um, probably the. Re- I have yet to really convince people, um, churches mm. that they should be buying the puzzles for their um, Sunday schools yes. and so on. I, I really truly believe that. Mm. And some people have bought one or like um, the armour of God. I've made a couple for different people who thought this would be good for a Sunday school. Mm. But in general, I don't have a following. So when I go down to the park... I would probably cut one or two puzzles and sell one or two puzzles, but yeah. they're usually for people who are just passing through. So, so there's not much return trade from that at all. It's um, still that's still an amazing way of selling, though, because you're just there, and you know God's just blessed you with these people coming by. It's incredible. It actually, there, there are when we amazing. when we were caravanning, there was all, there were quite a few stories. Like yeah. you would, there was one time which was just fabulous. Our car had been hit by a kangaroo, Goodness. so instead of moving on, we had to stay in the one caravan park for yeah. a week while the car was being um, fixed. And so that meant that I had the same children milling around me every day because yeah, I'd go and yeah. pat, cut down down near the um, play gym or the play equipment in the caravan park. So the same children would come back day by day by day. They'd be looking yeah. at the puzzles. They'd be talking about the puzzles. We had the um, resurrection mm. puzzle, mm. which was designed firstly by John McQueen and then, <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> and then developed by Ken and Kerry Gray. Yes. Okay, so we had that one, and um, so over that week, we just talked through all the little bits and pieces that they could see on the puzzle, and talked about the general thing, but many other puzzles as well, biblical yeah. puzzles that I had there. So that was really special. And then on another occasion, um, I had two little girls who came, and I said, "Would you like to help me paint?" And they were so excited. Oh, so I let them, I was making them, and they, we had a few days there. So they came and they painted. And they were German children. And I'm thinking, how do I tell them the story? And then I heard the mother telling the stories of the, wow. of the puzzle. And I thought, well, I don't have to worry about that one. And then at the end, towards the end of that journey, I had a number of biblical puzzles left. And I thought, oh, well, I've sold all the ones I'm going to sell of the biblical puzzles. They'll just have to come back with me and wait for our next trip. And then a lady turned up, a a grandmother turned up, and she said, I want to buy those three puzzles. Yes. She said, I have nine grandchildren, and I will... That's a lot. (laughs) That's right. And she said, I will tell the stories. And I thought, okay, here's God just not using me to tell the stories of these puzzles, but here he is using other people to go and to to really spread nine grandchildren. And since then, I've had a number of grandmothers who are saying... My kids have walked away from the church, but this is a way that I can reach my grandkids. Mm, mm. Wow, it's it's amazing. I just love the story that there's children actually painting things themselves. That's... Well, even if they did a mess, I could just go over and do it again, <laughs> so it didn't matter. But they were pretty good. There are one or two pieces like that in this house. I, I must admit that I'm going to go over later, I think, that the children <laughs> have done. Um, I did want to ask... Uh, Having seen some of your other ones, your your older puzzles, are, are there any new designs you're working on or any biblical themes that you'd like to explore uh, for your next set that you create? Okay, yes. 
there I said to Paul Judson who also said to me not would you like these but he has said if there's any that you want yes. then just tell me so I haven't really thought that through yes at this stage but I want to think more about one of one of the best puzzles I have for talk that captures people's eye mm. and also is great for talking about Jesus mm. is um, a the puzzle where it's the paralysed man being lowered down yes. through the roof. Now, um, it's it just works well for the number of pieces, so it's great for the kids in the, to be able to do it because it's mm. just the right number of pieces for seven, eight-year-olds who are usually the sort of kids who are likely to come to the table in the first place. Mm. So it's difficult for them, difficult enough for them when they've not seen the puzzle before. Mm. But it has... Lots that you can tell that uh, is really you can really um, include the gospel as you tell it. So I have to really think through what would be the best ones to use for telling the gospel. But at the same time, some of the ones that I've been getting are just too difficult to paint and get done quickly. So Mm. I've been trying to think about what puzzles would be best which have only two figures in them. Because the more figures, the more complicated yeah more complex yeah yeah the more complex the painting is it doesn't really matter about the cutting i can cut them as complex as i like and i've got really pretty good at that so it's Mm. not a problem but the painting is really the problem and making sure the painting is not too complex yes and uh you've shared some amazing stories like I'm actually blown away by some of the stories that you've told It's, it's 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 a huge blessing to me actually just to hear them is there a particular favourite story you have about how the puzzles have gone out or how they've been accepted or how they've been able to bless others in a particular way? Uh, any, any story that stands out to you or one that, that we haven't heard that, that you'd want to share? I think I told you the best ones already. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's interesting when I'm sitting at the table is who comes to the table. Yes. And one of the... Um, firstly, it's it's less likely to be someone of Anglo-Saxon origin, and you're mm. more likely to get people who are of you know, other um, origin. Um, there have been at least on two occasions where people have come, and it's not about the puzzle. Like the puzzles grab their interest, but then they will start talking. They will realise that they're biblical puzzles, and then they will they've talked about how. They used to go to church. These mm. have both been islanders. Um, I can't remember which island's from, but Fijian maybe. How they used to go to church and how they would like to go back. And and I've just been able to talk to them about, you know, go and just try out different churches because yeah. churches are really different and go and find one where you feel really comfortable. Mm. And mm. my belief was that these people had been brought to me and that... that they needed to hear that. Mm. Mm. I don't know if they went to churches, but I just feel as if I was part of that journey back, yeah. back, back to God. Yeah. Um, the other people who come when and it's ex, um, important that they come, I think, is that there's quite a few Christians who will come. They will mm. see the biblical puzzles and they will come and they will chat to me. And I think that they are... It's affirming them that yeah. you can still have Christian stuff in the public space. Yes. So I think that they're feeling 
affirmed in their faith by what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just thinking um, a lot of what you said actually just makes me think about how valuable the human contact side is. I mean, in the age of all this technology and everything, you're still having these highly significant conversations just off the cuff as the Lord brings you people. You're sharing huge, significant conversations with them and uh, that's that's quite amazing when you think that uh, this is the sort of thing that if someone was just to go to the Facebook page, they, they you wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, people can see your your genuineness and, and see what you're doing and, and, and children can get excited about what they're seeing and the creation of it. There's, it's that very organic, you know, haptic quality, I think I'm they would call sure it. I'm quite sure that's the reason why I sell things in the park and I don't sell them much on Facebook. Is it, isn't that amazing? It's just that they're seeing this, they are seeing it being handmade and they realise that the whole thing is handmade and there is that connection already. So I'm, it, it does help, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And, uh, yeah, obviously, tricky time with COVID, isn't it? So I guess it's one of those things we have to be extra careful, but it's it's so uh, special. And There is one other story, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, so my, uh, one of my sister-in-laws had a friend, and he started, he's a grandfather, and he asked me to make puzzles. So we've had an ongoing relationship by Facebook yeah. over about two years I think one and a half years and so I made the first puzzles for him and he was very excited so he asked me to make um, some others and over time he started to chat to me over you know over messenger and I've recently found out that there's all sorts of trouble in his family and Mm. so on and so forth and being able to talk about you know the problems of the grandparent who is cut off from their their grandchildren and and offered to pray for him and that's been really special Mm. i think that opportunity yeah that's amazing a huge privilege as well yeah Mm. well i have just one last question for you actually which is it's a two-part question if that's Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. so what is the best advice you could give to someone who's interested in puzzle making so someone who's brand new to it, who'd like to get into it. And secondly, how can people support you or where can they go to, to purchase uh, uh, some puzzles? My puzzles? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, so best advice for someone who wants to get involved in mm. puzzle making, I would say go and buy yourself a fret saw and mm. some fret saw blades you have to ask for a fret saw everyone will try to sell you a coping saw okay so you have to make sure that you get one it will have a big uh, a coping saw just has a very small loop on it yeah. and a fret saw has a 30 centimeter loop yeah that is the the piece that comes out from where the blade goes in okay right. if you know a- what any saw I use is a just coping saw. <laughs> so you must have a coping saw. You, yep. you need yep. that loop to be able to, make, to, to, to cut into the puzzle, okay? Yeah. Um, and then I think start on not making a puzzle, but mm. begin by just making maybe a mobile or mm-hmm. something like that where you're just cutting out the shapes and just... Practicing. Just get a bit of practice cutting when you put your blade in make sure you just put the blade so that 
teeth are down. Yes. Everything else is pretty much self-explanatory <laughs> yeah. and just takes practice. Mm. Um, as you cut, make sure you keep the saw moving. Mm. If you're moving, if you're turning the wood to um, to cut round quarters and so on, don't try and move the wood while you don't cut because you'll just break the blade. Okay. Don't worry. Good advice is don't worry about breaking breaking blades. Right. To begin with, you will. Yes. You can go to Bunnings to buy um, coping saw, um, pretzel blades. Yes. And the other thing is, once you feel as if you you've mastered just really basic cutting and try to keep your saw blades straight up and down, yep. don't put it on on an angle. Then do what I did: find a puzzle. May either create it yourself, but probably to begin with, just find a puzzle, um, just copy the pattern, put it on a piece of plywood. Yeah. Probably four ply marines for me. I found really really good, but you can start on three ply cheap mm-hmm. and stuff, and just go from there. Oh, I I always put a a very tiny drill hole where I start. Okay. Um, so that you're not cutting into the puzzle. You're going to keep every bit of that piece that you cut out because that becomes your frame and you glue that down. Okay. So yeah, yeah. so put a drill hole in and then just cut the puzzle. Lovely. And if you've got any questions about it, you can always ask me and I'll give you a Zoom meeting. Um, <laughs> um, instructional instructions, session. Yeah, instructional yeah. session. Okay. Yeah. So that's my advice. Or go to... You could go to a woodworking club, but they'll probably teach you how to use um, I, um, a something electrical. Kind, something yeah. electrical. They yeah. won't do. A, they won't do a handsaw. Yeah, handsaws. I think. I think it's a good way to start. But whichever. Oh, safer. I would have thought as well. <laughs> those big things. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, they're, they're not. They're not too. Not dangerous. too bad. No. <laughs> they're not just, too bad. Just going back to my past <laughs> past school experience. <laughs> um, and yeah. as for supporting, mm. how can people support you in your work? Okay, buy my puzzles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Go onto Peace Child Puzzles Facebook page Facebook. and just yep. message me and, and buy my puzzles. Um, suggest to your Sunday schools and anybody or even, I think, um, preschools and grade one. Those mm. My puzzles are basically for zero to... About seven-year-olds, so I think they'd be really good for um, schools uh, for that reason that I'm saying that you could make... I, I can make for you a puzzle yes. that will suit whatever story you want. I can take a story and ask my friend Paul Judson to design one and then yeah. I can make it, okay? So, and I can make it to the level of difficulty that you want. Yes. So if you want it for a three-year-old, I can make it for a three-year-old because it's just a matter of cutting more pieces for the more difficult puzzles. So whatever level of difficulty you want, I can do for you. And try just selling that my, selling that idea to your Sunday schools, schools and so on and so forth. If they want to make it cheaper, then I can just cut the puzzle and they can paint it or they can design the puzzle and then I can make it. So there's all sorts of different ways of making it cheaper than it is. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Well, thank you so much, Kerry, for the blessing of this conversation. And, and yeah, how amazing it's been to, to hear the stories, especially behind uh, how things are made, you know, people blessed by them, and also the, the conversations you're having as well, the really special privileged conversations that, that can happen as a result. 
and uh, we pray for the continued success and evangelistic mission of these puzzles. Thank you very much, John. I enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs>